Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Today, the Success Hackers episode is brought to you by IWantMoreLeads.net. If you're looking to grow your leads for your business, make sure to check out the brand new free video on how to generate all the leads your business can handle. Go to IWantMoreLeads.net. All right, Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We are about to chat with someone who's built a super successful landscaping business and now consults and speaks on how to grow a business and become super successful. Today, our featured guest is Mr. Marty Grunder. Marty, are you ready to rock? I am so ready to rock, I can't wait. Let's get going. (laughs) Marty is the CEO of Grunder Landscaping. He discovered his entrepreneurial spirit as a young man with a lawnmower and grew that passion into a multi-million dollar company. Along that journey, his success story was amplified by the New York Times and acknowledged with numerous honors, including three Entrepreneur of the Year awards. Marty is a renowned speaker, business consultant, and author. His book, The Nine Simple Steps to Entrepreneurial Success, was once named Business Book of the Year. In addition, Marty's true passion now lies in also working with other CEOs, organizational leaders, and business owners to help them drive results. Marty, welcome to Success Hackers. Man, it's great to have you on the show. I'm elated to be here. Thanks. It's an honor. Let's let's see if we can help some entrepreneurs grow their business. Absolutely. So, Marty, I gave our Hacker Nation just a little information about you, but would love for you to do a little bit more of a deeper dive in who you are and, and, and tell us a little bit more about yourself and the business. Sure. You got it, Scott. When I was uh, 14, I grew up on a very small, kind of what you'd call a baby farm in southwest Ohio. I'm I'm outside of Dayton, Ohio, north of Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, if if I was going to go to college, I was going to have to try to either take a big loan or pay for it myself. And the thought of borrowing money didn't didn't appeal to me very very well. So I started mowing lawns, and gradually through some determination and hard work, um, by the time I was a senior in high school in 1986, we grossed forty thousand dollars. And by the time I was a senior in 1990 at the University of Dayton. Uh, my little landscaping company was doing $400,000 a year. <laughs> at, at the time, when I was doing that, um, at, that didn't seem like any big deal. Um, I was trying to pay for school, and it's, it's what I needed to do to pay for school, and it was, a, it was fun. I loved running business. I look back now, uh, my oldest child just graduated from college, and I don't know how in the world I was doing what I was doing. <laughs> But that laid the groundwork for what today is one of the Midwest, I'm proud to say, one of the Midwest's most successful uh, landscaping companies. And we specialize in high-end design build um, and the maintenance of what we install. We're a national award-winning firm that does beautiful work. We're known for our quality. We're known for our service. And the success in that business has part, we've been able to parlay that into another business where I help entrepreneurs, the owners, primarily the owners of landscaping companies, grow their businesses and gradually 
we're working with other types of entrepreneurs all across the country as well in our company called Marty Grunder Inc. I know, very creative name. <laughs> I love it, man. Congrats on all the success. You know, it's interesting, maybe being a little naive, but most people, especially in the Midwest, think that uh, the landscaping business as a, and I'm doing air quotes, seasonal business. So what did you guys do to create right. so much success in the winter months? You know, that's where the consulting and the coaching and the teaching came from, Scott. That's exactly where it came from. We, you know, I got tired of having people sit around. I got tired of the giant sucking sound going on in the winter when you're not making any money. And I thought I had a gift for teaching. I, I saw what people like Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins and, and others were doing. And I'm not going to tell you I thought I could do what they were doing, but I thought, you know, I think I can help entrepreneurs grow their businesses. I think I can teach them how to sell. And in 1994, I formed this consultancy and um, at the age of 26 started coaching other entrepreneurs. Um, and I realized I did have a gift for it, developed some proprietary uh, information based on the processes that we work on so hard here at Grunder Landscaping. And we used those processes. We developed them in our laboratory, if you will, at Grunder Landscaping, and then take those better practices, as our friend Mark Sanborn would call them, hmm. and teach those to entrepreneurs all over the country. We do that through private seminars that I hold on, that, that I hold myself, and through curriculum we deliver via email, one-on-one um, -on -one, uh, conference calls, and, and different educational venues to help these small business owners basically see what we did and teach them how to do it in their own businesses. Which brings me to my next question, and I really want to get into this because I think it's so fascinating that you've been able to take, as you put it, you know, you started to mowing lawns as a way to make some money um, into now this behemoth, as you mentioned, one of the top in the entire Midwest, which is absolutely staggering and everything else that you've been able to do. When you started the business that long ago, did you ever envision that one day that you'd be doing consulting and speaking and writing books? Hell no, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, my father was a civil engineer. My mom was a school teacher. My brother was a very, very bright student. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. My sister scored a 36 on the ACT. She went to Johns Hopkins on a scholarship Wow. Um, when they announced my name at the University of Dayton, when I graduated, they said Martin J. Grunder Jr., absolutely no cum laude. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they gave me. So the fact that I'm a published author ahead of my sister and brother and mom and father is a miracle in itself. But it kind of speaks, you know, the title of the book is The Nine Super Simple Steps to Entrepreneurial Success. Um, and my whole mantra is that I think people make success way too hard. Um, mm. We all really, when it gets right down to it, know exactly what we should be doing. We just don't do it. And I've been a guy that's that's done that. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll outwork you, Scott. Yeah. I'll I know if a client calls me, we call them back. Um, if there's a problem, we make them happy. We constantly wake up every day trying to get better. So those were things that were ingrained in me as a young man. But for me to tell you that when I was doing this, oh, yeah, I knew I'd, I'd be where I am right now, no way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, to be honest with you, if I was as smart as everybody thinks I am, I'd probably have a company three times the size of one I have. We do really, really well, but we feel like, you know, I'm 48 years old, and I, I still feel like i got a long way to go. I, I think I have a lot of great ideas in me. There's a lot more things we want to do, and, 
and we just we just keep working hard. That's that's what we try to do. Well, I I, know, I guarantee you, there's a business owner listening, or multiple business owners listening, whether they're in the landscaping business or whether they're in another business. It, it, I always I always say that a lot of times that. Obviously, the terminology and the verbiage is different, but business principles are fairly agnostic, right? They run they run parallel across a lot of other businesses for the most part. And I want to get down to the yes. tactics um, of the business. When I do, as you probably know, I'm I'm a I'm a marketing and business growth coach, and so when I do my marketing and business strategy for business owners, we look at lead generation. Without consistent prospects, the obvious is you won't have a business very long. When you started out. I know you're this huge company now, and I'm sure a ton of referrals come in, but your first five years into the business, when people didn't really know who you were per se, how did you guys market your business? And when you looked at the marketing, what do you guys think that you did well? You know, Scott, um, I've got two real simple things here. Um, number one, the best thing we did, we did a great job. Even Even when I was getting started, we did good work, and I was always going back to the customer to ask if they were happy. You want to grow your business, you want to get referrals, you need to do great work. If you're not getting referrals, you're not doing work that's good enough that impresses a client enough to compel them to tell someone else to call you. So we we have always done that. And quite frankly, something that we continue to do today that I did when I got started, and that's a good old-fashioned cold call. Now, you know, if, if you listen to me here, this is going to make perfect sense. I am blessed and very fortunate that I am in an industry where I can drive by a prospective client's house or business and I know if they need my help. I know if I can help them. And I know if maybe I can't. Um, so that makes the cold calling a lot easier than if I were selling, say, copiers or consulting services or accounting work or remodeling work that's inside a house. I mean, you just you don't know for sure. But there's a lot of things that we can do and have done through the years. Other than the diet industry, Scott, no other industry does better with before and after pictures than the green industry. Right. And so we are able to take a picture of somebody's property and show them what's possible. So, you know, do a great job and cold call. We, we still do a tremendous amount of that today. So when you cold call, and obviously there's other, again, yours is a little bit different now because you're the 800-pound gorilla on the block, and you've had all this success, and you've been doing this for years and years and years. But let's, again, I want to kind of travel back in time for when you were, you know, five, seven, eight years into the business, and you maybe weren't the biggest on the block, and you still had to prove yourself. And I like what you said, which I agree with you. You want to provide the wow factor. You want to provide the customer's experience to the nth degree and all that good stuff. But like you said, you guys are still making the cold calls. You're still um, going after new business. So when you're going after new business and you're able to then show the before and afters, to your point, next to the beauty industry and the diet industry, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious that you guys can really show just from a few photos. But you ultimately do have to sell or you have to enroll clients into what you guys do. So how do you then separate yourself, other than the accolades that you guys have had, because there's probably a small business owner listening right now who's two, three, four years into his journey, and they're saying, man, how do I separate myself yeah. from my competition in whatever industry they're in? How did you do that back in the days besides just providing amazing service? Well, it's a great question. Number one, you never want to give a prospect any reason to believe you're anything other than who you say you are. So... For example, our, and, the, and these are simple things, but I think they, they matter today in whatever business. 
My people look good. My vehicles look good. We show up on time. We did what we said we would do. You know, the first sale that you're making is showing up on time for the appointment. I mean, there's we, we could go on for four hours about all the blocking and tackling that I see so many companies handle miserably. Do you smile when you go on your calls? I mean, we... We, we could talk for days about the way people do things. Um, one of the things that has always been effective for us is testimonial advertising. What others say about you is infinitely more impressive and convincing than what you say about yourself. So we get other people talking about us. We have a presentation of, you know, a colored drawing that's personalized. If, if we notice in our visit that the client went to uh, Purdue University and we're designing a pool for them, we're going to put a pool in the a P in the a Purdue P in the bottom of the pool. If they drive a, a suburban, a BMW, and a Yugo, we dry, we draw those on the driveway. We try to get as personal as we possibly can and show a little showmanship to stand out in a sea of sameness. Now I am very fortunate that I am in an industry where if you show up and just do what you said you would do, it's amazing how much business you can have. When I teach this to other landscape professionals and they're taking notes, I know I've got something there, but I ask them to sh by a show of hands, how many have ever sold a job to someone that said you were the only one that showed up? Now, I understand the higher you go up the food chain, selling investment services, if you're an attorney, you know, there's a lot of things that are more, there's more demanding than, than being in the green industry like I am, but one of the best stories in my book is the story of Jake Davis, who's a very success was a very successful attorney in Southern Ohio, and he was the main teacher on orientation day. And he gets up and gives a speech about the secret to this large law firm's success, the largest law firm in Ohio. Their success was they call people back the same day. Hmm. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of people listening that their attorney doesn't call them back the same week. I mean, we know how it goes. So while I would love to uh, Scott, tell you, I have all these technical ways of selling work, and we do. We use contact management software. We follow up with emails. We do a lot of really nifty stuff. My bread and butter is the blocking and tackling and all the things that that you are able to stand out in a sea of sameness in my industry. We do business with some pretty sophisticated companies, and their follow-up is atrocious. They're They're not on time for calls. They don't look good. They say inappropriate things. So I choose to focus on the basics and make sure we hit a home run on that. And then we've layered some technology and some new newer things on top of that to be very, very successful. It's so fascinating that you use, I use that all the time too, the blocking and tackling. And what's great about that is if you go back some time, whether it's John Wooden from UCLA or whether it's right. Vince Lombardi from the Packers, and if you really read up, and I'm sure you have like I have, these guys were specialists in the basic fundamentals of their sport. Yep. You know, John Wooden at UCLA, 11 national titles, and obviously Vince Lombardi, the legend. You know, and the old story is when, 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 John, when uh, John Wooden, you know, the, he would recruit the best high school basketball players on the planet that can do the craziest, highest dunks of all time and the greatest in the in the country of what their sport was coming out of high school he would say that's great kid you can do that now show me how to do a hundred layups right-handed and you know left-handed back and forth and i like how you put that with the the blocking and the tackling and the old saying is common sense isn't common practice right yes sir 
makes a big difference. And I'm just a firm believer in keeping things simple. Um, you know, that, you know, we look at the airline industry, we look at, um, all the little details they miss and, and handle so poorly. And then you have Southwest Airlines. And of late, I've been fairly impressed with Delta, um, paying attention to little things like telling you the truth, communicating, um, not treating you like a robot. So we, there, there's a lot of industries that still could benefit from focusing on the basics first. There's so many things you can do. I, I see good salesmanship and bad salesmanship all the time. Um, and, you know, we, look at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I've never had a bad experience at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. i blunt with you. I haven't. Their people are polite. I'm dying to know what they're onboarding because the, the restaurants around them don't get it. And I go by at lunch, and there's lines around the corner. They they have a very innovative yet simple approach to business, and it works. And, you know, systems, Scott, enable ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And when I work with my people on them being neat and clean and having a car that's clean and listening, ringing the doorbell, stepping back eight steps, don't be right in the door when the missus opens the door. When we focus on those details and I know I can get them doing that well, then we can start working on some other things. And one of the secrets in any entrepreneurial endeavor is can you grow it and can you can you replicate yourself? Do you have an entity that can succeed and be sustained without the owner's day-to-day involvement? Uh, back to your John Wooden, he used to, they used to be critical of him because he didn't coach during the game, and he would say, I, there's no point in me coaching during the game. We coach during practice. Right. So entrepreneurs need to find this mindset. And if a guy that barely graduated from college can come up with the landscaping company that we have and be able to help and coach and move a whole other crew of landscapers and entrepreneurs forward, anybody can do it. You honestly can. And I just found a little niche there where we're succeeding at the basics and it works. Well, that that's a good transition because I do want to shift gears and, and actually shift gears, but yet stay on the subject because I know you guys put on these field trips, um, you guys call them, for business owners where you basically entertain them, they come to your house, and then they get to spend the day, I believe, with you and just right. total immersion on how to grow their business. So when you're actually looking at these businesses, what's one or two things that you find that maybe keep them stuck from getting to the next level, and how do you guys help them get past these issues? The, the number one thing, there's two things. It's a lack of vision. It's a lack of a clearly articulated vision. Vision is your ideal state. It's where you want to go. It's not to be confused with mission. Mission is what you do on a daily basis to achieve that vision. What's the goal of every team in the NFL except for the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah, so what's your Super Bowl? Have you taken time to yeah. slow down and tell everybody what the Super Bowl is. So a lack of a clearly articulated vision that's believable, inspirational, that it's not just what the owner wants, it's we all can see where we're supposed to go, so that's number one. And then right behind that is a lack of ability to understand how to delegate. Delegation is not abdication. You, you de- Entrepreneurs think you just went and told Charlie to go, go on this sales call. Did you equip Charlie? You know, or do we just, you know, you let Charlie over there and guess what? Charlie failed because you didn't show him how to do, do, do things the right way. So the lack of a clearly articulated vision and the understanding of how you effectively delegate. And, you know, it, it, we could literally spend an hour on how to effectively delegate, 
but it's telling someone what to do with great specificity. It's working with them. It's making sure you're sending your people into the field or to do other tasks, properly equipped, trained, educated. And, and that is the two things that I see that we get them started with. And it makes all the difference in the world because if you can lift that owner up, that CEO into where he comes in or she comes in and says, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do today. Then we know we're starting to cook with gas because that's when the strategic ideas come. That's when we start can be analytical. That's when we have time to go talk to the two most important people in any business, which is a customer and your team members. Those are the two most important. That's when all this stuff can start firing. And those were the lessons I learned. I, I thought I had to do everything myself and I was stuck at a million dollars in sales and someone told me to take my Superman costume off and get the hell out of my own way. Hmm. And I finally understood what that meant at about age 28, and I gradually started figuring some of this stuff out, attained success by communicating a vision and learning how to delegate, and that's when we really started rolling. So outside of the 30,000 foot, the, the vision and then the delegation, from a tactical standpoint, when you get feedback and testimonials back from these business owners. Is there one specific tactic that was like an aha moment, whether it was, wow, we, we weren't focused on profitability. We weren't focused on lead gen or sales conversions or developing the team. What, what's maybe one of the bigger learning experiences that they have seemed to have gotten outside of the vision and then, uh, and then uh, the delegation? Well, it's still everything kind of ties into vision and delegation is how you get the vision achieved. So no matter what I say, it's going to go back to that. Hmm. But I'll tell you what it is. It's not communicating. It's not engaging your team. When you don't share information with your team, they begin to think what you're doing is easy. So their mind wanders. They think about doing it themselves. And the very reason entrepreneurs don't share information with their team is because we're afraid they're going to figure out we're making a bunch of money and they're going to leave, quit, go start their own business. And the very thing we're trying to avoid, Scott, ends up happening because we make it look so easy. We don't share our numbers with them. We don't talk about our struggles. We don't address problems and we don't have an open dialogue with our team. And when these, when these companies come through and see how I operate and I let my management team go in and tell them what I suck at, they're amazed. I can't believe they talked about you like that. Would they insult me? No, but they said you're not the greatest detail guy. Yep. That's right. On some things I'm not. And that they said sometimes they have to come and tell you that you know, you caused a problem here. I said, yep, that's right. That's me. Hmm. But what I, what I get them to try to understand is that I'm an owner one day out of the month when I look at my financial performance. The other 28, 29, 30 days of the month, I'm a member of a team. And my attitude uh, positioned appropriately like that makes all the difference in the world. When you can get your team, your subordinates, whatever you want to call them, to start telling you how you can help them get better, that's when you know you've got it. And and that only happens when you start sharing information. If you don't share information, they backfill with innuendo and draw their own conclusions that aren't they don't that doesn't help anyone. All right, Marty, as you know, our hacker nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help them streamline their business and grow them themselves and their business quicker than they have prior to listening to this episode. So you've already given us some unbelievable nuggets to uh, to implement, but now we shine the success hack spotlight on you. So what's one success hack, maybe that you share with your clients when you do your consulting, that you can help these Hacker Nation community of entrepreneurs 
who are really looking to grow their business. And I know there's there's multiple ones that we can be here, like you said, for hours. But just give us that one success hack that you think can make a difference. This, I mean, this is maybe kind of hard to put your arms around, but I journal. And what I do with my journal is every almost every day I read a chapter out of a book in the morning and I review what I did the night before in terms of writing out my to-do list and where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do. And at the end of the day, what are the three things I want to have accomplished? It is amazing how well my days go when I do that. And it is pathetic how bad my days are when I don't do that. So as simple as it sounds, that's the greatest success hack I have to share with you is to journal. Um, I use a Shinola journal that you buy. It's a hardbound one. It has my uh, initials embossed on it, and I write like crazy in that. I, I write what I'm happy about from today, what makes me sad. How did I do today? What are my calls? What sales did I make? You know, all the little metrics. I have some simple personal metrics, and then I have some metrics that I'm following in both of my companies, and I just see how I stacked up. And the constant little reinforcement of that, the 30 minutes before I go home and then another 30 minutes in the morning reading a chapter out of a business book and reviewing what I'm about to accomplish makes all the difference in the world. And I have literally turned landscape companies around by teaching their owners to do that. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Well, I can absolutely piggyback on that. I do the same thing, and I also... For the last probably six months, pretty consistently, I meditate, um, and then to your point as well, I read every single night. Now, exactly to what you said, when I don't do those things, my day does not operate nearly as well when I'm not as consistent doing it on a, on a regular basis, and I do fall off the track. And to your point, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that... And that's what I say in any business relationship, whether you, it's, it's, it's spirituality, whether it's your business, whether it's losing weight, gaining muscle, going to the gym, everybody comes out of the gate really, really fast and with their hair on fire. It's the individuals, it's the business owners, the entrepreneurs that can implement the C word, which in my opinion is probably one of the greatest, most successful pillars that need to be had, which is consistency. And if you exactly. continue to do something over and over, you're going to get the results, but it's the ones that try it for a month and don't get the results. They fall back off and say, well, that didn't work. Amen. All right, Marty, we are now going to enter the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. Sure. Whatever's the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. So Marty Grunder, are you ready for the randomness round? I am so ready. It's, it's unbelievable. Best advice you've ever received. It was given to me by a mega successful entrepreneur named Clay Mattel, and he gave me the book titled Focus, F-O-C-U-S, and it changed my life. I was chasing too many things. He got me focused on a few things, and it's made all the difference in the world. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? <laughs> I just text one of my family members, be honest with you. It mm. sounds silly, but... With a couple kids away at school now, um, I look at their picture and I check in with them. You now own a time machine, Marty. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? Uh, I would I would have asked for help sooner. I I didn't ask for help, and you know I, I believe one of the hardest things for an entrepreneur to say is I need help, and I was too damn proud to say I needed help. And had I asked for help sooner, there's 
I think I'd be six or seven years ahead of where I am right now. And that would have made an enormous difference in my net worth, my life, uh, who knows what. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Relationships. Um, relationships at home, relationships at work, uh, the Dale Carnegie principle, take an interest in them, take an interest in others, they'll take an interest in you has, that's it. That's my, that's my thing. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? You know, that, that's funny. Uh, calling a horse race. They straighten up into the turn on the far outside. It is success hackers from in between clock, from in between horses is don't be late. Arrive on time is showing promise on the outside. Squirrel is down along the lane and fourth coming on the far outside. It is the Fred factor as they near the finish line. The Fred factor wins this race. <laughs> oh my God. 90 super successful entrepreneurs later and we get a horse collar. I know. I really wanted to be. I really wanted to be a horse caller. I got very good at it. I have been a hit at numerous bachelor parties, having fun with the guys, and I still do it from time to time. And uh, it's uh, doesn't pay very well. And I'm certainly glad I became a landscape professional, not a horse caller. But um, I do like thoroughbred horse racing, and I still love to call a good race here and there. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business? Uh, gosh, there's so many of them. I could I could talk and talk forever. Um, I like Joe Calloway's "Be the Best at What Matters Most." Um, it's a it's a wonderful book. It features our company in Chapter 19. And when I saw our company's name in that book, it mm. it really made me think. And uh, it's a wonderful book, and not just because our company's in it, but it's. It's made me realize something that I believed in a little bit clearer fashion that Joe writes with and be the best at what matters most. And we do a good job at that, and we need to continue to do a good job at that. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service that's made an impact on your business that you can share with our Hacker Nation community, what might that be? You know, I, I have a team that helps me with the social media, and I'm not the greatest social media guru, but but the the thing that we use the most that I, I find the most, the the Facebook that we have with the group does well. LinkedIn's been tremendous. Twitter. I think they're all different tools and you gotta understand that each one of them works differently. And I don't agree with using Hootsuite on them. I think you have a different personality on each one and we post from those accordingly. So again, that's not a real fancy answer for you there, but that's what I do and that seems to work for me. Marty, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for your time and sharing these incredible success hacks and strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you, your business, your book, and anything else you want to promote? If you go to our website, MartyGrunder.com, I'm on Twitter, at MartyGrunder. I'm on LinkedIn. We have a Facebook page. I'm real easy to find. If you just Google Marty Grunder, I'll come up pretty quickly, and we would love to connect with you. Perfect. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net. That's successhackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Marty, along with some other brand new resources we have on the site. Oh, when you're on the site, do not forget, you must hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any of these latest, newest episodes. Before we end the show today, I wanted to make you aware of something. 
everyone is always asking me either here on the show or through my blogs or email, Scott, you coach business owners on how to grow their business and become more profitable. I want to generate more leads. How do I do this? Well, I just came up with something brand new and I wanted to give it to you guys for free. It's a video that will literally dispel any myths about how to generate more leads. Just right now, go to IWantMoreLeads.net. That's IWantMoreLeads.net. And you'll have your hands on the three biggest lead gen mistakes most business owners make and how to fix all of them. So again, go to IWantMoreLeads.net. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.